Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the Prophet Ezekiel 21b, that is the second half of chapter 21. The last podcast we ended with verse 22, so we're going to begin with verse 23 of chapter 21 of the Navi Prophet Yechazkel, Ezekiel. The um, topic discussed in the first part was quite frightening. It was uh, a discussion of the punishment about to be meted out against the people of Jerusalem. I know that we've been talking about this topic, the prophecies of doom that Ezekiel has been saying since the beginning of the book. <laughs> we are approaching the end of that section, which will end with chapter 24, the, sec- the section of the prophecies of doom uh, regarding Jerusalem. There, it will get more cheerful in the end. Don't worry. But I just, uh, unfortunately, that's where we still are. We are in 21. That sword of God, which we referred to in 21, the sword which God had sharpened and shined in order to be the sword of destruction, we mentioned that God was going to give that sword to the slayer. That slayer, we're going to find out who that slayer is, who is going to be the messenger of that destruction against the Jewish people. That we're going to find out today. And the word of God to me was as follows. This is Ezekiel saying the prophecy. And you, human being. If you recall, in the beginning of Ezekiel, we learned of how God told Ezekiel to do actions and then explain his actions. Those actions were to do things such as the example where God said, set up a city and engrave a, 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 a an engraving of the form of the city of Jerusalem and set around it uh, uh, things, uh, you know, soldiers in order to demonstrate the siege and then explain what they're doing. God's going to do something similar here. God is finished with the the um, discussion. I'm sorry. God has, has, is not going to ask Ezekiel to say another parable. Because if you remember last chapter, the people already gave up on the parables. That didn't get through to them. So we're going back to the original method. And God says to him, Sim naim I want to place in front of you two paths. I want you to, when you're standing and talking to the people, demonstrate two paths. Lavo cherev melech bavel. Two paths upon which the sword that the king of Babylon is holding, this is the sword that we talked about before, was given to the slayer who's now identified as the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, so that he can go on two paths, and both of these paths are leaving the same land. They're both leaving Babylon, but they're leading, leading in different directions. I want you to put up a, 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 a yod is a, a marker or a spot or a, a away. Bore is variously translated as clear a spot, clear an area, or, or clear a path. Bore also might, from the language, not bara, which often means in Hebrew to create, but here levarot, which is to clean or to clear. It could also mean bare from a language of levror, to choose. In other words, and set up and choose a spot. Berosh derech ir bare. I want you to choose a spot, a path, and clear the path in the beginning of a path towards a city. It's a, uh, so that's what I want you to, to do. 
I want you to make a road, so that that sword can go. And where those two roads that you're going to make are eight Rabat B'nei Ammon, one of them is going to lead towards the city of Rabah, which is the capital of the nation of Ammon, that Yehudav Yerushalayim B'tzura. And the other path should lead to the, the, the capital of the nation of Judah, Jerusalem the fortified city of Jerusalem. So one path where the Babylonian king can choose leads to Ammon, the other path leads to Yehuda. We know that both were destroyed, both were considered uh, people that deserved to be destroyed. And, and as we're going to see in the upcoming chapters, that God will also be pouring out his wrath against the people of Ammon, also through Nebuchadnezzar. We are also going to learn soon what the sin of the people of Ammon was, what it is that they're being punished for. But let's continue now in verse 26. Because the king of Babylon is going to stand up at the beginning of the road, the place where the roads, both roads start. And they head the beginning of both of these paths that lead from Babylon, one towards Ammon, the city of Rabbah, one towards Judah, the city of Jerusalem, Yerushalayim. And what is he going to do at these roads? He's going to want to decide which way to go. Which nation do I attack first? And how is he going to decide that? Well, in those days, and the king of Babylon is going to do his divining. He's going to call his magicians and his sorcerers, Liksom Kalsem, to divine a divination and decide which way am I going to go. Kilkal Bachitzim, one of the ways that they used to divine was they would, um, like, turn an arrow if you imagine just you know one of these arrows that has a, a peg in the middle and you spin the arrow around and around in whichever direction it lands that's the direction you go she'al batrafim he's going to ask his magical his magical idols he's going to look at the liver this sounds a little odd but actually it was a very well-known practice among many of the religions in the time in that place where when they would bring an animal sacrifice to the idol they would the, the priest uh, would take the liver out of the animal and look at the liver and look at different patterns on the liver, in the liver and divine various things by looking at these patterns on the liver. So the bottom line is, is that Nebuchadnezzar is going to be standing at the road and he's going to be doing all of his magical things with his magical advisors to decide which way I'm going to go, to Ammon or to Jerusalem. Now why does it have to look so arbitrary, so magical? And we're going to see in a moment the reason for this arbitrariness. Because what is he going to do? Be me know at verse 27, in the right side, because that whichever lands on the right is the one he's going to choose. The divining will decide upon Jerusalem. That that's the city he's going to go against. What's he going to do against Jerusalem? He's going to bring his battering rams against it. To open his mouth with screams, murderous screams. To raise his, the noise of the trumpets. To place battering rams to smash open the gates. The Shpoch Solila to pour down sand in order to build a siege ramps to climb over the walls. Levnos to build towers in order to throw weapons into the city. And why? So remember, he was doing all this divining, this arbitrary divining, because you, and this is, I'm, I'm going to explain a little before I read verse 28, you, the people of Jerusalem, you don't take your word seriously. You think that everything you say is arbitrary. You made an agreement to be 
uh, subservient to Nebuchadnezzar, to the king of Babylon, and you rebelled because you didn't take your word seriously. That's the issue of Ahayah. And that's why I want you to see that when he decides who he's going to destroy, he's not taking it seriously either. He's just deciding magically, oh, do I go this way or do I go that way? And then he's just going to land upon you because you're the ones that don't take your word seriously. When you look at that, you're going to look at this as if it's just a, a false divining. What's he doing? It's just a joke. He's spinning arrows. He's looking at livers. It's like a false a thing because to them, to the people of Jerusalem, it's just like swearing oaths because their oaths mean nothing. They're dishonest. And this is going to remind them of the sins for which they are being grasped, the sins for which they are being punished, the sins for which they are being held responsible for. Are, are, is the arbitrariness of their word and not keeping their word. And that's why I am going to demonstrate that by showing how arbitrary it is that even though Nebuchadnezzar wants to conquer both Ammon and Jerusalem, he just randomly decides on Jerusalem. And you, God, this is verse 30, God directs his words directly against the king of Israel, the king of Judea. It said, Tzidkiyahu, who was the chief liar of all, who decided to pull this deception and bring about destruction to Jerusalem, God calls him a cholol rasha. And a cholol is, is, is a, as a child who's, who dishonored, um, who came, who dishonored his heritage, a child who, uh, and an evil, wicked one, that, who dishonored his heritage. Nasi Israel, you are supposed to be the prince of Israel. Asher bo yomo, your day has has come. Your day of destruction has come. When beit avon kates, at the time that of the sin which brings an end. Now this this is avon kates. Rashi explains to us this talk. It means. The, the, the sinning has been going on for so long and I've been patient, but now is the time when it's over. The sin has brought about the end. There's no longer a time for any more patience. The next verse 31 is a very interesting verse because as we know, there are three crowns. The rabbis teach us in the Mishnah, there are three crowns that, that, that bring honor, different types of honor. There's the crown of priesthood. That's a religious honor, uh, a religious leadership a ceremonial and ritual leadership of the priestly caste in the temple, which is meant to teach people um, the importance and the holiness of, of, of religion and God. And then there's also the king, who is the political leader. Okay, that's the crown of the kingdom, of, of the king. And then there's the Torah, the Torah leadership, the scholarship. Those are the three types. The two, the priestly caste, and the king, the political leadership were responsible for the the terrible um, destruction. The ones that people turned away was the Torah leadership, the ones that taught them the values and taught or should have taught the people the values that they were supposed to live by. And God is going to tell the people as follows, 31, So says the Lord your God. Take down the mitznefet. The mitznefet is the special hat that was worn by the priests. Get rid of it. The priests, they're all corrupt. Get rid of it. I don't want that priestly caste anymore. The temple itself is going to go. Take off that crown, the crown that crowns the king, that entire political structure, gone. They were corrupt. They were bad. They were evil. The only one, zot lo zot, 
this is not going to be the way it is anymore. So this is not this. This is not the way it's going to be, God says. What I want from you is I want you to study the Torah, learn the Torah, keep it, and keep the rules that I'm teaching you. The one, the crown that has been deep down in the dumps, the one that you haven't been respecting, I am going to uplift. And the one that, that you are keeping so high, I want that to be taken down. The one that you are admiring so much, the priesthood and the kings, that's gone. Ava, ava, ava. This is verse 32. Three times, remember we had the triplicate of, of punishment, which is just a constant, steady punishment, was, was a punishment for sinning, sinning, sinning. Or it could, because ava, from a language of avant, Ava could also be understood as Ava, as I will destroy. So the meaning of the word is Ava, 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 Asimena. I will place it as destruction, destruction, destruction. But he deliberately chooses the word Ava from sin because the sin itself is destruction. And it is what led to God to say, Asimena, that's what I will turn this place into. Gamzos lo haya. This also... Um, Will no, will no longer be Adbo. I will no longer have the you know this entire nation, this people, this temple. It will not happen Adbo Asher Loha Mishpat until the till the one who is the one that has real justice, real judgment. Then when he comes Unisativ, I will give it back. Then I will bring the nation back. This could be seen as a reference to the Messiah, Mashiach. The one is Asher Loha Mishpat, like we said uh, in Isaiah, often referred to the, the Messiah, the one in the future is going to be a person of pure justice, uh, who meets out justice to the people and the world in a truly just manner. Or it could mean, as Ezekiel said in, in the first half of this chapter, and we studied in the last podcast, those that are that truly deserve to be redeemed will eventually one day be redeemed, and those who do not will not. Then God continues in verse 33, and you ven a dumb human being, he I want you to prophesy. I want you to say as follows, so says the Lord God al Amon to the people of Amon. What is it that is their sin and their blas well, this is often translated their their blasphemies, their things, their kherpa, their shame, the things that they would say that were shameful. And I want you to tell them, the sword, the sword is opened against you too, for it is, it is pulled out of its sheath in order to, to slaughter. That it is, it is um, completely uh, and fully polished so that it shines really bright. I want you to know that don't think you're going to get away. And we're going to discuss more of the sins of Ammon later. But there's something here about the cher patam, the things that they said, the things that they said that were shameful, that were, that were, were insulting. B'chazot lach shav. Why is it that um, that uh, you are going to get punished? It's b'chazot lach shav because they saw false things. Regarding you, Biksam Lach Kazav, they divined the magical things that were just lies. Latet Osach, in order to place you El Tzavarei Chalalei Rishaim Asher Bayomam Beit Avon Kates. To um, to that's why uh, 
you will be eventually, in other words, not so much because, I said because they see false things, but rather it means when they see false things, they will also do the same magical divining to decide when and how and they're going to come and attack you, Amon. You will get that punishment. In the next chapter, later, we're going to get more into what the, the sins of Amon exactly were. But they're going to be punished against the necks of the bodies of the evil people of Amon Asher Boyumim. Their time will also come when their sins also reach that time of the end when I no longer want to handle their sins. Hashav Altaro. Put that sword back in its sheath. Bimkom Asher Nevreit. Be'eretz Otach. Where do I want you to put that I must apologize again I'm kind of mixing different possible translations let me go back over this verse Hoshav al the sword when it is returned into its sheath in other words the sword that was just went against the Israelites and Judea it's going to be it will be put back into its sheath in order to be brought back to you to your place to the place where you come from you Amon in the land where you come from, that's where I will judge you. I will pour out my anger against you with the wrath of my, my flaming fury. I will blow upon you that flame of destruction. I will place you and your nation in the hands of boorish, uh, uh, barbaric people, people that the only thing they know how to design is destruction. You will be eaten in flame. Um, your blood will get absorbed into the land. No one will ever remember you. This is, uh, to the people of Ammon, an utter destruction that this nation will not come back, as opposed to the people of Judea, where we know the, uh, the uh, Ezekiel has told us that utter dis- extreme destruction will come, but there will be a remnant left in order to come back later. Why? God says to the people of Amon, Ki dibarti, because I am God that has spoken. The, exactly the sins of Amon, the corruption of Amon, we're going to mention later, uh, like I said in later chapters, we will get back to it. But the idea here is, is that the diviners of Nebuchadnezzar told them to go attack Jerusalem first, and then to attack Amon second, and God makes sure to remind Ammon that when he comes to attack the people of Judea, don't think that you're going to get off the hook. It's going to come and get you too. Thank you so much for studying Ezekiel 21b. Looking forward to studying 22 and, of course, the entire book of Ezekiel together.